It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Hey, uh, I love this series, and it is good to be here. love this series, Good News, because I think we need some good news. It's been a rough year, two years. About God's... It's trendy to leave the vows out. Love. God is love. But we do need some good news, because it has been pretty rough with COVID and then, you know, all the restrictions and lockdowns and new strains of the Delta thing and whatever. And then, of course, we only heard recently that we're not going to host the fifth test. And I know, so I, I think we really need some good news because it was good to host the AFL. And according to our Premier, it was the best AFL grand final of all time, which it was good. And uh, it, it was it was very good. And... but. I think we do need some good news, and I think it's a great series. It's a good way to sort of wind down the year talking about good news. And did a little bit of research for this message, and at first I was sceptical, so I went to a couple of places on Google, because Google is reasonably accurate, but apparently there are somewhere between 90 and 100 million love songs, rich and recorded. Not, they haven't all made the top 40, obviously. But I, I'm astounded that, is there anything more to say? But apparently there is. There are different ways of expressing people's experience. And I just thought, well, just for a moment, we'll go down memory lane and, and it'll probably provoke some memories. For those that are old enough to remember the Beatles, 1967, all you need is love. Da, 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 da. All you need is love, love. Love is all you need. And then, oh, we, we might as well keep singing. What about John Paul Young? Love is in the air, everywhere I look around. Love is in the air, every sight and every sound. And then, um, then we, we, we come to the <laughs> How did you do that? Clever guy. I like this church, I really do. Now, you may not be familiar with Huey Lewis and the News as a band. Hello, but in the 1985, it, 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 <laughs> the power of love featured on Back to the Future. It really made the movie, the song. Do you remember the actual part where uh, Marty was doing his thing when the song came? I think he was riding a skateboard. He had a bit of a moment with his girlfriend. It was the power of love. And then more modern times, crazy in love with Beyonce. And then why do you love me, Adele? And then, you know, this year we've had songs by Justin Bieber, John Mayer. Taylor Swift always likes writing songs about love. But it's just, just love songs all over the place. And you, which sort of begs the question, why is love such a popular theme when it comes to songwriting and songs and music and whatnot? And I think the only answer is because love and love songs is really relatable. It, it's a... Most of the time, it's, it's an emotion we relate to, we long for, we, we love being in love. Maybe not when we're 10, 
But certainly as we get older, the idea of knowing we're loved by our parents and hopefully our siblings and we've got other people in our family, got close friends, you've got a pastor that loves you so much and, and you know, all, all that sort of thing. And it is very relatable and love, you know, the emotion of love. Uh, we won't worry about it now, but there, there is a debate, is love an emotion or a feeling? It's like, really, you're having a debate about that? But it is very powerful, very intoxicating. It, love is an, it's a wonderful emotion until it isn't. And because we know there's the other side of falling in love and, and you know, romance and, and bliss and everything else, goosebumps and butterflies, is the time the falling out of love or the times where there is betrayal or there is uh, someone who manipulates and intimidates and cheats and deceives and, and then there is that sense of having a broken heart. And really what a broken heart is, is the loss of love. You experience love, but that love has been shattered and as a person, we are shattered. And I guess the good thing that comes out of it is we get more love songs because the love songs aren't just about I love her and she loves me and, you know, all that sort of stuff. There's a lot of love songs out there that is, it's just fuel, um, you know, their pain becomes the fuel for very inspirational songwriting. So rather than just saying the names of them, I thought we'll just read some of the lines. So here's one again, you might know the Righteous Brothers, but you would know the movie. Uh, Top Gun when it was sung, and it was really sung at a weird time because it, it made the song look really lighthearted. But it's it's a, it's a really sad song. So here are the opening lines of "You've lost that love and feeling. You never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. There's no tenderness like before in your fingertips. You've lost that loving feeling. Oh, that loving feeling." You've lost that loving feeling and it's gone, 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 whoa. So, you know, it, it's like, oh, you know, the, the articulation of this sense of, you, you know, something's changed. You don't know how he knew her eyes were open. But anyhow, I just noticed your eyes aren't closed, they're open. Your touch is different. Sometimes the love songs are just tragic and they're sad, and sometimes it's sad, but it, it's more expressed in with a bit of angst, a bit of attitude, like pink in So What? So, so what? I'm still a rock star. I've got my rock moves, and I don't need you. You're out of here. Okay, buddy, you, you're not there for me. You neglect me. I'm going to write a song about this. I'm going to make some money out of this. I'm a rock star. You're not. I've got money. You're not. You're out of here. And, and so sometimes, you know, more love songs, you know, goosebump love songs, butterflies and love songs that are just tragic again, all relatable. Well, I have some good news. Good news about God's love. Uh, love. Good news about God's love, a love that has been expressed, and we're going to look at that in a moment. But I want to start by saying, if you're here and you're not too sure about the God thing, that there is a God and the idea that God loves everyone from every background, but you're curious, my word of encouragement over the next 20 minutes, stay in the place of curiosity. And just spend the next 20 minutes, just rather than being analytical, just go with the fact of 
just use your imagination. What if it is true? What if there is a God who loves you in a way that I'm going to share in a moment? So this is good news for you. You're going to discover that this love is true and it's tangible and it can be experienced and it can be received. But this message is also good news for many of you who have been following Jesus for many years and many decades because for some of us, we get so busy in church life, in life in general, and we've heard lots of messages about God's love. We've read books about God's love. We, we sing songs about God's love. And, and, you know, it's just, you know, reading the Bible and memorising verses about God's love. And after a while, it can become familiar. And life becomes, our faith becomes a bit dry and we're doing things for God, yet we're not really experiencing intimacy with God. So I want to share with you some of the verses. There are literally hundreds of verses about the love of God. Let me just share a few of you, because this is good news. Jeremiah 31 verse 3, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. So this idea, God's saying, to us, I have loved you with a very different love than Adele and Taylor Swift and Bieber and the others talk about. I have loved you with an everlasting love and I am drawing you with loving kindness. Romans chapter 5 verse 8, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. Why we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So it's a love that, that, that has emotion and feeling, but it's a love that has been demonstrated. And it's even in our state of sin, God's not saying, once you get out of that state, I'm going to really love you. No, why we were still sinners, Christ died for us because of love. Uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us. Not, not just sprinkled, but he's lavished this love on us that he calls us children of God. And that's exactly who you are. God has children. He doesn't have grandchildren. Children who receive this amazing love. But the most concise verse in the Bible, three words. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, God is love. So it's not so much God loves and this is how God demonstrates his love or love is part of his character. Like love is part of us. You know, we have the capacity to love, but the very essence of who God is, is love. God is love. So what are the implications of God is love for each of us here, for those of us who are seeking truth, who are trying to understand, is there a God? It almost seems too good to be true. To those of us who know the love of God, who've sung about the love of God and we've been following uh, the ways of God for a long time, but yeah, we've, we've lost that first love. What are the implications? God is love. With God is love, God always acts like himself. He doesn't love because he's obligated. He loves because that's who he is. He can't turn it off. He is love. And so that means for us, well, when we say, 
I'm not worthy to receive love. You know, when there's shame and guilt and things about our past and, you know, we feel I'm unlovable, I'm not worthy, I don't deserve it. God's saying, well, look, that may be the case for you, but I can't help myself. You are loved. And because you are loved means you're lovable. I love you for who you are. Everyone here, whatever our spiritual background, wherever we are on our journey of life, you, you're loved because God can't help himself. He always acts like himself. God's love is merciful. Let's just think about that for a moment. God's love is merciful. God's love is pure. An American author and Franciscan priest, Brennan Manning, said this, I'm loved by God as I am, not as I should be. Now, we're all under construction. We all disappoint. We all grieve God on a daily basis, regularly. And yet this awareness of, well, if God is love and it's a love that is merciful, I'm loved for who I am, not as I should be or not as I might be one day I'm loved. God's love is unlimited, God doesn't have good days and bad days. You know, as friends, as parents and children, you know, we all have days, I know I love you, because, you know, I, I do, but I just don't feel it. Just, you know, I'm just having a bad day. I, I want to be loved. I'm, I'm loving you more than you love me. And we, we, but God doesn't have good days and bad days. God's love, he doesn't find it exhausting. He doesn't need to be replenished. God isn't in heaven now panicking about the year 2027. In the year 2027, we as planet Earth are going to reach 8 billion people. God is not there going, I don't think I can do this. You know, when we got to 5 billion, it was a stretch and recently, around about 2011, whenever it was, 7 billion, but 8 billion, okay, there's got to be a limit. I don't know if I can love 8 billion people. 8 billion, 20 billion, 50 billion, doesn't matter. I'm loved. It, I'm not, I don't find it exhausting. I don't need it to be replenished. I love everyone completely. We don't receive a portion of God's love. We don't receive a percentage. We receive all of the love that God has for his son. In the same way he loves his son, he loves us. He loves us collectively, he loves us individually. Each one of us is loved by God in a way that we can't even comprehend. I remember talking to Karen, we had, uh, Emily was born and that was all wonderful and we realised, wow, it's amazing what happens when you don't sleep for six months. Uh, she had some issues and so did we. And the conversation began, can we have another child? Like if we get another child, does that mean Emily only gets 50% of our love? Like can we love this new child and Emily at the same time equally. And that's a dilemma us humans have because our love is limited. There's so much love that can go around. But not God. He can love eight billion people all the same. God's love is extravagant. And at some point I had to come to John 3.16. Isn't it funny, you watch a lot of these American movies, you know, it might be some 
stadium and there's 316, there's a banner. Because people just know John 316, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Maybe if you want, you could just change the word world to your name. For God so loved Jessica that he gave his one and only son. God loved Michael. For God so loved Andrew. For God so loved Scotty that he gave his one and only son. This is love. That why we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. And if you look at Genesis all the way to Revelation, the whole Bible, and essentially the Bible is more than anthropology and, you know, archaeology and everything else. You know, the Bible is the greatest love story ever told about God creating humanity in his image and this amazing planet and its thriving and its beauty and then the rebellion which is often a a theme in a lot of modern movies and then it's the whole pursuit God pursuing humanity from Genesis all the way to Revelation and we see the length that God choose God goes to to redeem humanity and I believe God would say oh it was worth it I would do it all over again if I had to I love these people, every one of them. God's love is inclusive. He doesn't have favourites. God loves everyone completely, passionately, without any judgment. He loves them mercifully. It is an inclusive love. And we see that best demonstrated when Jesus came to earth, when In a sense, God became relatable because God was wrapped up in flesh. And then we see Jesus touching the untouchable lepers. We see Jesus with a woman at a well who had a reputation because of her sexual immorality and she wasn't Jewish. And we see all these examples where it's like Jesus was beginning a love revolution. And it's a love that is inclusive. It's a love that even though religious people, yes, Jews under Judaism, they had a very exclusive love. If you do this and if you do that and you, if you obey this law and that law, you might be in. You won't be in our circle, the inner circle of the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious lawyers. But yeah, you are Jewish. And if you obey the law, oh, you're in. No, for Jesus, there were no insiders and outsiders. If anything, he got angry at the religious people because they're their love, they're representing God. And it's like, God's love is not like that. God's love is inclusive, whatever your background. God's love is irresistible. It's uncontainable. It's unstoppable. It's relentless. It's reckless. And it's scandalous. This is radical love. So good news. Good news about God's love. God loves you. This love has been expressed. But God wants us to, okay, good news. He wants that love to be received. He wants that love to be experienced. But what do we do with this good news? God loves you. 
Now, we, we relate to, I love my parents and I love my siblings and I love my spouse and I love my in-laws and, you know, I love my friends and I love our church, I love our pastor and I love pasta and I love pizza and I love wine and I love beer and I love the beach and I love the river and, you know, all these ways that we say we love, we love, we love and it's, it involves, as humans, it involves the five senses. I love the smell of freshly ground coffee. I love the taste. I love how it makes me feel. I love it even as a chaplain in aged care. I love that opportunity to hold someone's hand. They've got Parkinson's and they've only got a couple of weeks to live and I can hold their hand and reassure them that they are loved by their family. They're loved by God. I love it when, you know, from time to time, my son and I, my son's 24 and there are times we'll give each other a hug. I love that. I love it when I hold my wife's hands. We don't do it enough. But you know how it is. Sometimes love becomes for me. But it's all the senses and I'm saying to you God loves you it's like great but I haven't seen him I've never sensed you know the aroma of Christ I I, I can't touch what do we do with this see it's a challenge isn't it God loves you wonderful news what do I do with it See, our other challenge is the good news God loves you doesn't actually change your life completely. Good news, yes. Let me just present this scenario. I know it's not going to happen. Just imagine uh, tomorrow morning you turn on the news and it's, we have good news. There is a cure for COVID and you don't need a jab. (laughs) It's a cure You take one tablet, you take that tablet, you swallow it, you will never get any type of COVID disease ever again. You take one tablet once in your lifetime, finish COVID, it's over. Okay, what do you do with the good news? Because it's good news. Number one, you've got to believe it. So you might talk to a few friends. You've done the research. Yep, everyone's on board, every medical expert. It's unanimous. This is true, I believe it. Then you have to take that tablet Swallow it. So it is with this good news. Number one, we need to believe this good news. Now, I understand it's very different because, in a sense, it doesn't involve initially our five senses. But when we believe, we, our whole nature changes. We become a new creation. We are a spiritual being covered in flesh. And we have an extra sense. We have the sixth sense called faith. We live in a world that says seeing is believing. We say no, it starts with believing is seeing. When we go into a place of faith with something that we we can't see God, we can't touch him, but I believe I'm going to activate faith, I'm going to activate my fifth sense, Something then mysteriously happens where though we can't see touch, there is a sixth sense that goes beyond the senses that is actually more tangible, more real, but then it has to be received. We believe it and we receive it. 
We receive it certainly at salvation. Yes, I believe in Jesus. I believe he is the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and all of that. But I believe God loves me and I receive it. Just like that that COVID tab. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to partake of it. I'm going to allow it to become part of me. So how do we do that? There's many ways, but I want to share one way that has been profound in my life, in my journey, as, a, as I've struggled both as a pastor and as a man to have a relationship with God the Father who I've never seen, heard, smelt, tasted or whatever. And it involves a breathing meditation. So in a moment, I'm going to demonstrate how we do that. It involves the breath because there's more to breathing than breathing. Uh, We're all breathing now, aren't we? I hope. But for a lot of us, because of lifestyle and the world we live in and stress and anxiety and everything else, we're not aware of it. But a lot of people would say we're probably some of the worst breathers on planet Earth. If you look at the animal kingdom and us, we breathe really poorly today because of stress. We're breathing way too shallow, quickly. We breathe through our mouth because we're, we're trying to get more in and we're, we're basically operating on a level of heightened anxiety, cortisol, adrenaline, and it's all initiated with our breath, a sense of I'm sensing stress, I'm threatening, you know, there's a threat, and it's just, we're breathing like this all the time. But in meditation, what we learn to do is we slow down our breathing. We breathe slowly through our nose. You know, that our nostril is a lot smaller than our mouth. So we're actually breathing in, it's a lot more controlled. We're using our tummy, our diaphragm. So it's not like this. It's, we do it slowly through our nose. Slowly out through our mouth. Why is this important? Because through breathing, we change over time, maybe five minutes, longer if you've never done this before, we can actually change our physiology from a place of heightened anxiety to a place that some would use the word Zen. We probably wouldn't use the word Zen, but be still and know that God is God. Besides still, quiet waters, the Lord, our shepherd, guides us. It gets us to a place of... And then there's a connection with the mind and the body. The mind, it's repeating a phrase. And so as we breathe and as we repeat a phrase that is truth, and we're saying it as using our sixth sense in faith... Our mind, our body, our whole being is activated and working together. Our mind is impacting our body. Our body is impacting our mind. And this is how we can possibly do it. We breathe in and we say quietly to ourselves, we don't say it out loud, we say quietly to ourselves, I receive God's love. I receive God's love. And then as we breathe out, I am loved by God. 
I receive God's love. I am loved by God. You do that, probably it's hard in this place, but you go to a river somewhere quiet and you do that for a few minutes. And at first it's just, yeah, that's a little weird. But it's like doing push-ups for the first time. You don't do 10 push-ups. I'm fit now. <laughs> but if you do 10 push-ups, then maybe a few days later you do 20 and you just keep building up. My son, I think he does two or 300 a day. But it started as one and it was like, oh God, you know, Dad, it, hurt. it hurt, one push-up. Now he does a couple of hundred. But imagine from time to time throughout the day before you go to sleep, I receive your love. I'm loved by God. I believe it. I'm receiving it. It's activated. And then we live loved. God is love. You are lovable. You are loved. Let me pray. Our Father God, we thank you for the good news that you love us. Not because you've been coerced, not because you have to, obligated to. You take great pleasure in loving every person on planet Earth. And in this place, right here, right now, you love everyone. The people who are not too sure about you, the people who are seeking you, for those who have followed you for a long time, but they're just in a really dry place. For those of us who've been faithfully serving, but they're still, we just know there's more. And it's not so much more power, it's more, more love. I want to experience more love. I'm praying right here, right now, a fresh revelation and impartation of your love for your children. We believe it and by faith we are also receiving this love that you have lavished on us. Fill us afresh. May we be intoxicated with this love. May we walk out of this place feeling lighter because burdens have been lifted, the burden of shame and our sense of unworthiness, a sense of being unlovable, all of that weight is lifted and we are full to overflowing with the love of the Father. There is nothing you can do that will make the Father love you more. There's nothing you can do that will make the Father love you more less. You are loved. God bless you. We really hope you've got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after.
And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.